0: Good evening, Patriots, and happy Father's Day to everybody. Hope you had a great Father's Day. It has been a good day, and it's today is Sunday, June 19th, in the year 2022. Fathers are an important and critical part, actually, of our entire world, and too many families are divided without fathers these days. So if you're a father, no, no matter where you are, God bless you. It's important that we have lots of great fathers. And, of course, we all have one great father in all of that. Patriots, if you haven't heard, Walmart has canceled MyPillow. They're no longer carrying any of their products, which is typical. So first thing is I wouldn't shop at Walmart. I don't anyway, but I would recommend you don't. But that said, MyPillow's got the best products for the bedroom, for the, for the bathroom, for your house, everything right on the site. And there's no reason to go to Walmart anymore because you can get most everything you need at MyPillow. So if you head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards and you'll find all the greatest sales going on right now. There's a flash sale going on right now for MyPillows, the classic MyPillows for as low as 1988 using your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. They also have the ongoing sale here on the new super-duper four-wheel drive, all-terrain, extra-duty, sold-up, my slippers. This is like a whole evolution in slippers. $90 off, so they can get them down as low as $49.98 for your all-terrain my slippers. It means you can jump out of bed, you can run out to the garden, you can water the plants, you can pick up the wood, come back inside, Start the fire. Don't walk on the white carpet with your with that. That's probably a bad idea because someone's going to get in trouble. Rinse the, rinse the soles off first and then kick it. You know what I'm saying, right? So mypillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S, the one-stop shop for patriots. And if you want to speak to a real live person because you're like, well, yeah, but I'd like to go to Walmart, but I always get to speak to somebody, which I don't know who you speak to at Walmart, but anyway, in case you do, don't worry, because my pillow is equipped with the best and finest Patriot pillow counselors, and they're on standby waiting for you. Just call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, and when they answer that phone, you just say, my promo code's Bards, and I listen to Bards FM, and you should too, and that's how you do it. All right, so MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. You got it. All right, Patriots, we got a kind of an interesting Sunday. First off, again. My compliments to all the fathers. I want to I read something to you here. And it's quite impactive, actually, when you consider this. The father absence crisis in America. There is a crisis in America. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 24 million children in, the, in America, one out of three, live without their biological father in their home. Consequently, there is a father factor in nearly all of the societal ills facing America today. Research shows when a child is raised in a father-absent home, he or she is affected in the following ways. Poverty, four times greater risk of poverty. Behavioral problems, more likely to have behavioral problems. Mom-child health, two times greater risk of infant mortality incarceration, more likely to go to prison, crime, more likely to commit crime, teen pregnancy, seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen, child abuse, more likely to face abuse and neglect, substance abuse, more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, child obesity, two times more likely to suffer obesity, education, two times more likely to drop out of high school. And regarding teen pregnancy, when it says seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen, just so we're clear, that's for females. Just in case you were thinking that men could get pregnant. Not on this channel. I don't know what else you want to do, but not on this channel. Just so we're clear. Two genders here. That's it. So, anyway, that's that's a pretty striking set of statistics, I'm telling you right now. And it shows just the importance of this day and the importance of why we need to celebrate fathers. You know, the war has been on the father. The war has been targeted at the father. That's what 2007, 2008 were brutal. They, were, they ripped the middle America to pieces with their engineered recession and collapse of the markets. And I'm not going to say people weren't complicit in overextending debt and all that stuff. But nonetheless, it was an engineered wipeout. And it went right after the mail. Especially the white middle class male. That was really literally it. But that is where we are. So I want to start out with something. I found this very positive, and I'm going to preface this by saying I hate politics. I, I really do. I've I've worked. Just so we're clear, why I say that? Because it isn't just the election. I was involved heavily in 2015 and 2016 in building a super PAC. And running a super PAC and I got to see the rancid nature of politics the the you do me a favor I do a favor for you the money laundering that goes on there it it's disgusting and now we're into this political space where suddenly we're supposed to vote for somebody and it's all going to change and I there is going to be a change in direction I mean there's no question about it that the attitude in this country is pivoting and people are going to vote away from the democrat party but you're still going to see big rigged elections because nothing has systemically changed but i wanted to play this 2 minute piece and and i'm i'm really very honest it was it moved me because i'd forgotten this piece i've heard it before this is a piece with donald trump this is a piece when he was at his trump tower this is the man that we voted for in 2016. And I just want to remind us all of how nasty and crappy politics and this entire institution of government is. Because I want you to hear this piece so that we remember really what we were about as people and what we were seeking in somebody to lead this country.
1: Go ahead. Uh, I'm a 9 11 survivor Iraq and Afghanistan veteran. I'm Love the policy that you have for the military. Thank I you. Wanted, I wanted to know if Trump Towers would be part of that veteran job. Are you talking about right here? Yes.
2: It'd be we we are doing some of that actually already. We have it very much involved. Why? What are you looking for? What kind of a position? Uh, Come up here. Come here. She look so smart. Good. Do you mind if I do a job interview right now? We need good people. How are you? So, what's your experience in front of the world?
1: Uh, well, I design, I do wreaths, I do uh, all types of decorations. And
2: you like this building? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, here's what I'm going to do. Thank you. There's the man. Stand right over here. Oh my
3: God.
2: <laughs> if we can make a good deal in the salary, she's going to probably have a job. Okay. <laughs> all right, good. Have a good time. Thank you. Sir. Thank you. So nice. so
3: nice. Mr. Trump? Mr. Trump?
2: Yes. From what we just witnessed
0: here was pretty remarkable. I mean, this is a complete stranger who just came up and you offered her a job. What what, what inside your gut gave you the feeling that I you... I
2: felt good her about job? her. I tell you what, I looked at her. I said, she, you know, I have gut instinct, okay? And we're allowed to have that. And I looked at her and she asked a question and it was a very... Positive question. She looks like she's got a great look and she's look at that with the tears. How nice. She's just a good She just seemed like a good person to me. Just seemed like a good person to me now Maybe she won't qualify because you have to qualify for but I think she will I think she to me Looked like a good person. I have instincts about people for instance I had an instinct about you originally that you're a very fine reporter and I was right <laughs> okay now I, I, She made an immediate impression and while I agree it's a big audience, she's going to become a superstar. Tomorrow she'll move out to Hollywood. Look at her.
0: You hear that, Mr. Trump? Man, how far we, uh, how far we have fallen as a nation, engineered by people, in particular the press, to divide us, to destroy us. How far we have fallen. A fake pandemic that divided us right down the middle, and sadly it has because too many people fell to it, and and we are fighting in the process of this fight. We, we are pitted against each other. We really have no choice because we're fighting for the survival of humanity, and we have a good chunk of humanity saying, I want to die, literally. But I just wanted to play that because for all the garbage that has followed, the, the Ukraine nastiness, the the COVID nastiness, the impeachment nastiness, the impossible position that at one point President Trump was in. I don't know where he is today, and I'm not speaking to that, but that impossible position when half of your own base says, I want a vaccine or I'm not going to survive this nothing nothing burger. All of that and, I, and this is where I've said before, we owe something. I don't care where he is right now in, the, in his place with this vaccine. We're not in politics at this moment. We as a nation owe him something, and that's a prayer. To pray for him and to pray that God guides him. And that's that simple. We are in the midst of... The worst possible time ever of this fight, of this storm. It is an engineered fight to tear us down, to break our families. And on this day of Father's Day, the end of Father's Day, and with all these statistics of broken families, we have to heal. Look, I I don't... Trump's not perfect, and... I've said many times, what's followed, there are some things that need accountability. But that person, that person was who I voted for in 2016. Because there was that person who really, really cared about people. And that's how we all have to be. If we take one thing, if he never comes back, Whatever happens in this nation, if we take one thing from a lesson of a man that ran for president, it's we should all be trying to help one another that way. Our situation in this nation is dire, and we're going into a difficult time. I want you to hear this from Edward Dowd, one of my most, I think he's one of the most inspired analysts of our time.
4: Global debt. Uh, bubble is that is at its peak and, um, it's becoming apparent, uh, given what's going on across the globe that, um, we're at the end. And due to that fact, um, we're going to see, um, lots of crazy things in the financial markets. I think, uh, we're going to see, um, the credit markets become unhinged. The equity markets become unhinged. Um, you know, the Fed got a reprieve from COVID when they were able to, you know, the cover of COVID print sixty five percent more money um to keep this thing afloat. But we're at the end end days here. And um a lot of what you're seeing in the response from global governments is what I believe is um setting up a system to um you know under the guise of medical tyranny to uh prevent uh the riots that are gonna ensue once this thing all unwinds. That's my personal belief and I, I watch what people do know what they say.
0: And I think he's absolutely right. They're using this whole time right now to start being prepared to suspend everybody's rights. And that's going to put us all in a pinch. And This is why I've said many times, I despise the idea of people saying, when's the military going to come in? Because when that point happens, folks, it, it, it's not a good time. I'm sorry, it's not. If you're going to have martial law imposed. It's not a good time. I don't think anybody in this country has, unless you've deployed, which I have, obviously. And if you've lived in a time when there is literally a curfew lockdown. And it's hard curfew lockdowns. Your cars get stopped. You can be arrested by a foreign police. It's ugly. And you don't, Americans don't know what that's like. Everyone thinks they've got their, you know, like, oh, yeah, military is going to come in, going to save the day. It's not going to be like that. Because if they come in, it's a hard lockdown. If we get to that point, if we get to this much unraveling, and that means curfews, it means you're in your home, it means you don't speak out, and if someone pulls you over, you don't speak back. There's going to be some hard, hard lessons if we get to that point. I hope we don't, but I think we're careening to that. And I say that because part of the there is that part of the movement that's always like, oh, white hats are in control. Ten days of darkness, whatever. That ain't happening. That's not going to be a, a good moment. Now there are some interesting changes happening, and this was a big one. I've my position. I, I'm going to. I probably have mellowed a little bit. And probably I have mellowed a little bit towards the vote coming in the fall, primarily because I've just kind of shrugged my shoulders and said the vote costs nothing. So vote. That's the first statement. It's really where I've dug in at is the expectations. I, I just don't have high expectations that the votes, other than creating the illusion of a red wave, as I've told you, we're not getting to the systemic problem with a vote. And I think what frustrates me as well with the vote coming up is that we literally have to spend a year coaxing people to get them excited about voting. That's the part that drives me crazy. It's like, just vote. Try that one. Just vote and then get busy with other things. But the problem is people are fixated on the vote. And in doing so, we're leaving ourselves highly vulnerable to what is coming. Now, I'm going to play a piece here. It's 46 seconds. I'm saying this up front. This is a parental warning because I know some people listen to this show in the morning. I don't like playing pieces with F-bombs in them. However, this particular piece is coming from a trucker that came today from a trucker on the East Coast. I believe the message is more important than the vocabulary. So parental warning, especially if you're having your kids listen, just remember this is about 46 seconds once it starts and you can tune it out if you don't want them to hear so out of respect for all that, but at the same time, I think the message is important to so take a listen.
2: Yo, check this out. I know y'all been hearing this shit on the fucking
0: West Coast, but this shit's going on on the fucking East Coast. I've been stuck on this fucking overpass since yesterday. Fucking gloves over there out of fuel. Pilot over here out of fuel. All these fucking trucks here waiting. Nobody can get fuel. This guy's out of fuel. These guys are lucky, they got some fuel. Luckily, I got a hold of a fucking farm hand out here that's going to sell me 50 gallons of fucking red just so I can get the truck back and park the motherfucker.
2: Everywhere I went, these two fucking major truck stops, the fucking mom and pops down there everywhere you call,
0: slap empty. So I'm lucky I don't run DEF, but they don't have any fucking diesel exhaust fluid. They don't even have fucking engine oil in here. It's going to get a lot worse. Y'all
1: better be prepared. Fuck you,
0: man. <laughs> you better be prepared. And that's why I say this obsession about politics. You know, we, we have the, we look at what happens, I, and I'm, I'm going back to the first piece we played tonight. All right, so that's President, that was Mr. Trump. And now as President Trump, it's just, I mean, this is just Rancidville. That man has gone through f- four years, five years of vitriol hell, actually two more years on top of that. So almost six and a half years of vitriol hell. And he has had to make some impossible decisions. We need answers on things because even us as the base need answers on things. And there is accountability on all of this because we've all arrived at this massive awakening. But at the center of where this began was somebody we voted for. We just trusted in liking people and and wanting people. The system is the problem. The evil is everywhere. It's rancid. Now we're looking at this whole push towards, you know, vote, vote, vote. You got to vote. And we're doing that starting in January this year. And I, I literally have been shaking my head. I'm like, okay, I cannot believe we're going to spend a whole year, everybody focused on rallies and votes. And right now, truckers can't get fuel. That should send the red alarm fires across everywhere. There shouldn't be another discussion about candidates right now. Because when truckers are on the side of the road and they can't get fuel from Love's, Or the other truck stops, and these are massive chains, and they are out of diesel, and they are out of DEF, which is, I think it's diesel environmental fluid, if I'm not mistaken. It is what is required on a lot of these trucks. They have to put it in. It's a separate product. They've been warning about it, that this was going to happen in June. Well, here we are, June 19, and they're parked with no fuel and no DEF and no oil if you don't think that's gonna start causing problems. But don't worry, <laughs> just I just want you to be assured that the mainstream media has a message for you that this food thing, it's just, it's not true. It's just a conspiracy.
5: We've been seeing a lot of these sorts of posts circulating on social media these past few days. In it, they claim that there is has been an increase in fires at food processing plants in the US in order to starve the population. And even politicians have gotten involved, such as Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, that insinuated on Twitter that maybe these fires were not accidental after all. And on Facebook, we've been seeing these sorts of posts, even suggesting that Bill Gates is behind all of this. Now, here in the Cube, we have fact checked these claims and we have found no evidence that suggests that these fires were premeditated in order to create some sort of national food shortage. And as
0: you. There you go nothing to do with it because they said it doesn't exist. Just remember that. They just told you it's not true. So please believe it. See, that's just nonsense. I mean, and I and those people that are following that you're it's such a sad statement to me because God has given us all such an amazing intellect, such an amazing soul to question, to explore, to seek out truth. And I I just look at this sort of Blind obedience to what is said in the news, and it's a, it's a real tragedy to how far humanity has fallen. Question everything, and that means question everything. That doesn't mean not have empathy, but question everything. Right? Here's a really good little Aussie smackdown, by the way. This is, <laughs> this this interview is kind of like a panel interview gone very bad or very wrong.
5: Got the breakdown here. Fifty-three percent of white women voted for Trump. Four percent of black women voted for Trump, and twenty-six percent of Latino women voted for Trump.
6: Well, what that shows you is that the people in real America, in small town America, weren't buying the bulldust that was coming out sorry, of the we elites can we cut, about for this
3: bullshit voting about for, um, the idea of there being a real America. I'm like, sorry, I was speaking. All America you is real. All, actually, is it okay? And by the question, please? I believe, was to me. All of America is I real. If you live in member. the city or you live in a small town, you're still an American.
6: This is the reason why Donald Trump won, because people like you lecture and hector people. Oh,
3: no. Pricey. We, we were talking to Jamila, and you don't need to keep that, that
6: so... Well, I thought I could speak without being interrupted, but anyway, carry on.
0: That's just like you liberal just got backhanded beautifully right on national television. I don't know how come the Aussies in spite of all of their lockdowns their injections, they have great news. I don't know if you ever follow it, but they have great news. It's like they talk about our politics the way we should be talking about. It. Of course we don't have, we don't have reporters. We have propagandists, but that's, that's that. Here's something that'll kind of like what, um, I think we're heading into some pretty crazy times. This is almost like soft disclosure of what's already happened by preparing you or making you hear what they might allow. Take a listen to this one.
4: Human chimeras living among us. It's only science fiction for right now. Yesterday, the Senate passed the Endless Frontier Act, a bill that commits nearly $250 billion to promote emerging technologies so that America can keep pace with Chinese innovation. Back in May, Democrats shot down an important amendment outlawing U.S. participation in research that would create human-animal hybrids, also known as chimeras. China's already doing it announcing in April that an international team successfully grew human monkey embryos and sustained them for 20 days in a lab. The only question is, what will they do next? Chimeric research is a Pandora's box, that's obviously from hell, that should not be opened. But the scientific community, spurred on by their own hubris, may very well open it using American taxpayer dollars.
0: Let me tell you something. If they're telling you that China just did it, Let me rephrase that. They did it 10, 20 years ago here. China's just catching up. We've already got chimeras that we've been playing with. And my guess is these sorts of reports, which are starting to pop up everywhere, by the way, weird ones like this, I think they're just getting the public ready for disclosure of what we're really going to discover when we get into the core of these bioweapons labs. Because the one thing about these bioweapons labs, and this is something that's really interesting if you dig into it, bio weapons labs are considered by the the really refined legal interpretation like to the letter of the of the chemical the ban on chemical and biological research and weapons they're considered to be defensive because they aren't deploying they weren't developing deployed or vector mechanisms to deploy what they were creating even though they were doing chimera research in most of these places but here's what's really interesting wherever you find a bioweapons lab you also find a veterinarian lab because what goes on in the veterinarian labs that the same group of people, DOD money is funding, they're creating the vectors. And that's how they're talking about delivering half of this junk. This is a really dark time coming. And it's not that it's going to shock everybody, but it's going to shock many because they're going to discover truly that there are chimeras that we have been doing this sort of human hybrid breeding. We've been doing it. The Chinese, like I said, are catching up. They're telling you that we're starting like, oh my goodness, the Chinese are ahead of us. They're not. (laughs) They're doing it because we've already done it and we've funded it through our taxpayer dollars and I have no idea what these beasts are like, but I guarantee you they're out there and I'm not kidding. This is going to be a shocker to the world as we start to discover the sort of horrors that have been going on in these labs. This is all like Dr. Moreau's Island and all this stuff. This is real. Those are just, those are just fiction, put in fiction stories of truth and it's coming. And when, you know, we talk about we, I have to declare that because it's not we the people we the people didn't do this. It's our money they stole from us, our government, which is part of the global network of criminal cabal, they have been the ones that have been doing this in our name. So that should make you upset, rightfully. And there's, and when I say that, righteously upset, because this is, this is what's going on. And, and you can imagine, too, the other part of this is trickling out every single day, is the reality of what's happening to people that took the injection. This truth is trickling out. So we're heading into a very interesting time because there is going to be a point here of increasing violence. And that goes back to that comment by Edward Dowd. It isn't just the economy. There's all these pieces that are falling apart right now. And the only piece that is going to be the weave that holds us together is going to be a remnant that is anchored solidly on that rock of faith. And this storm is going to rage. And this storm is, we've looked at storms metaphorically like, is it going to be... Fire and brimstone, is it going to be lightning? Is it going to be earthquakes? Look, it's probably going to be all the above, but here's the bottom line. The biggest storm coming is the realization that a whole bunch of people got duped by their government, that they were poisoned, and that their immune systems are breaking down as they watch their magic money and their 401ks, and they watch their whole income structure vaporize right before them. You don't think there's going to be some people losing their mind over this one? I'm telling you, this is where we have been through a process, depending on when you started the the walk in opening your eyes, and, and hopefully part of that, hopefully most of that walk was with God. And if not, no matter where you are, that acceptance of Christ along the way solidified and strengthens that walk, right? But you can imagine all these people out here. And just imagine, I'll tell you, there's two groups of people that are going to be wigged out. There's going to be the extremists of your progressive left that are just literally worshiping the state that are going to find out that the state screwed them and that they're all living on a time clock and are eventually going to die in about five years. That's going to be a nice one because the income part isn't going to affect them so much since they already live off of different sources of income that like Soros money or welfare checks or something like that. Then there's going to be another group. And this group is going to be the Christian group. And they are going to have to confront the reality that not only did their government dupe them, but their pastor duped them. Think about that one for a minute. Because that's the one. That's the one that is literally going to shake up everything. And when they do, they aren't going to know which way to turn. I wanna play something for you here. It's four minutes and 49 seconds, and this is a real eye-opener in regards to the churches, because I'll tell you right now, we have taken for granted our pulpit, but there's a pretty dark history that exists within the pulpit. Here we go.
6: I think a lot of Christians need to understand the heritage of the United States. Now, the, the actual representative government that founded America, uh, it comes out of Mosaic law. When Moses was leading the people out of Egypt, he was constantly besieged by complaints and people coming to him, driving him crazy. So he said, go amongst you and choose representatives, which they did, which cut down Moses' workload quite considerably. And then when the United States was founded, it was founded on the concept that human rights came directly from God to the people who could then choose representatives to form a government which would protect those rights. So do you think such a system might have enemies? Do you think all the tyrants of the world might be very upset at a system whereby the rights came from God and bypassed the rulers and went straight to the people? Even before the Bolshevik revolution, American communists and socialists were plotting to bring this country down. And one of the very first communist fronts formed in America, the Methodist Federation for Socialist Action, was formed by Professor Harry Ward from Union Theological Seminary. And he spread communist doctrines right through the Protestant churches in America. Now the enemies of America understood that America was a very strong country and that the churches were the backbone of America. So how are you going to destroy America? You have to do it from the inside, and you have to get inside the churches. I had a friend, um, he was a communist investigator. He was a former Communist Party member, Herb Romerstein. He said the softest touches, the easiest people to manipulate by the Communist Party were Protestant pastors, because they were primed for it. Well, it was a man called Joseph Fletcher, who taught at the Episcopal Theological College at Harvard University for many years. He was a longtime activist, and he was the man who helped to set up Planned Parenthood. He helped to set up the Right to Die Society. His wife worked very closely with Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. And in his later years, he became a leader of the field of bioethics which is basically how to justify abortion and euthanasia. In 1966, he wrote a book called Situation Ethics. And it took the the Christian world in America by storm because it was all about there is no fixed morality. Your morality depends on the situation, the circumstances that you are in. And for people who were really wanted to abandon the the morality of the Old Testament, This was a great justification. Now, this gentleman was one of the most influential Christians in the United States, but for most of his career, he was an active supporter of the Communist Party USA. He worked very closely with the Communist Party in Boston. He was a member of the World Peace Council, which was the main Soviet front at the time. So he worked for Stalin. This man worked for Stalin, one of the greatest butchers the world has ever seen, yet he became one of the most influential theologians in America, the man who transformed the church to accept the idea that that ethics were flexible. Now, after he wrote that book, after a lifetime of communist and theological activism, he abandoned Christianity, became an open atheist, and advocated for things such as the forced euthanasia of children up to the age of nine or ten.
2: So what you're saying is, one of the most influential Christian theologians in America became an avowed atheist publicly,
6: Yes, and was supporting eugenics, like what you see in the book Mein Kampf, written by Adolf Hitler. Absolutely. held human life in no regard. Abortion was perfectly acceptable. Euthanasia was perfectly acceptable. In the communist society, you are not a human being. You're a cog in a machine. Life is, is only worth what it can produce for the collective.
0: You see, our churches were infiltrated a long time ago. And that 501c3 piece is just one of the indicators. We have to choose churches wisely. And if you can't find a church, God's not telling you not to worship and God's not telling you he's not there. Just start a church in your home. And if you question whether you can do that, then just remember all the disciples and remember all the wonderful stories of Christ encountering people and encouraging them to go on and, and, and minister. and i i really mean this I mean it's we're in an amazing time right now of reviving the true church the true belief in God and the true belief through Christ to God and it's what I talk about so often which is the intimate relationship you know I don't need a like i have i respect a number of pastors in this country I really do i'm not i'm not anti-pastor and I'm not anti-church but i am definitely not pro stupid and I'm not pro people that kowtow to this despicable tyranny that we're in, and I have no respect for people that try to teach a doctrine that tells you peace at any cost and to always feel guilty. That doesn't jive with me because that's not what God teaches. So what we need is this, and what I the path that God's led me on is this path of reviving that true sense of being Christian. And I'm not perfect, and I don't know that I get it all, but I sure believe that there's a martial side to our faith, and it's a line that we walk that makes us understand that there is a right and there is a wrong, and there is a way to walk which doesn't include us in everything. We're not an inclusive group. We, we, we tolerate, we'll pray for many people. But the minute that we start to say, you're part of us, I literally was in a church— I mean, I say in attending a church a couple of times down in Houston. And I about lost my mind when they all of a sudden one day announced that, oh, we are so glad to welcome the entire LGBTQ community. I was like, okay, what just happened here? Well, I can tell you what just happened. And what just happened was the fact that they needed, they wanted this group because they're all dealing with these sort of yuppie types. And the middle and the millennial types they wanted to include them in because it all turned into dollars and it was you know it's a three campus mega church so to speak I hate mega churches we have to walk a line that's not going to make us popular all the time that's <laughs> that's part of walking with Christ here's one for you this will give you a head spinner
1: this is a photo of a magazine that was recently found in Rochester Airport. New York Magazine had the audacity to make a handbook on how to kill your preborn child. As if the cover wasn't bad enough, the inside is what made me sick to my stomach. This magazine is recommending facilities that commit abortions in the second and third trimesters. And worst of all, they are recommending Washington Surgy Clinic the abortion mill where the five had their lives stolen from them by Dr. Cesare Santangelo. If you don't know about the five or justice for the five, five babies were discovered outside the clinic in a waste facility box. They look to be around 20 to 40 weeks gestation, and some of them old enough to live outside the womb. One of the babies, which pro-life activists named Harriet, seems to be a victim of partial birth abortion, which is illegal. These babies deserve justice, And Santangelo deserves to pay for his crimes, not be recommended as a resource for pregnant women.
0: That's incredible. And they did literally turn their entire magazine into a handbook for people on how to get an abortion. Here's where I think we come to on all of this. It's a positive, but it's equally one of of sadness and pain. The positive is that this enemy is obviously on the ropes. Anytime a tyranny begins to go after children, pre-borns, accelerate up the, like vaccines, which would be a version of execution and genocide of the youth, ramping up on every single angle of propaganda, false flags to scare people, we're seeing an, a, an elite guard, an old guard, that is losing and dying. The sad part is that they're not done yet, and that they're going through what every tyranny does in the end. They're going through scorched earth. If there's one lesson that we learned from the Nazis in Germany in the final days, it was young boys, 10 years old, 12 years old, 8 years old, 15 years old, that were being conscripted to carry guns and fight against the Russians, and they were getting killed. That version of conscription now is that they're trying to hold hostage whole cultural sections of societies that they know that they control through information and propaganda. And they're doing everything they can to continue to fan those flames of fear and entice those to continue to take more shots. But apparently God knows this. And I was giving this a lot of thought today and yesterday as well, because this is what struck me. I said, you know, it's pretty amazing. Why are they suddenly attacking all of the children? So there is the scorched earth part. But what that also tells me is God is sending an army and his army is coming to join those that are already here. This isn't just a one-shot, a one-trick pony. The reinforcements are being born. That means the future is going to carry on this fight. It means it's a long fight. But they're fearful of it and they know they can't stop it. They're going after the children because they know that what's coming is as fearless as us and hopefully more. That should give us all good heart. It should also give us greater resolve to fight for the children. That's God's reinforcements and we owe those newborns. We owe those unborns every bit of fight we can give them to ensure that they have a solid foot on the rock of faith as they enter into this world.
4: Church has got to stand up and lead. Pastors can no
0: longer hide behind this whole thing that they don't do politics. They have to remember in the gospel, the last obstacle to crucify Christ was a governor. And they have to remember that they have to be in that ecclesia. They have to be out there in the political realm. They have to make their voices heard, because much of the damage, that's being d- damage that is being done to our children, to our society, is being done by wicked people who despise the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if they want to stand up for their religious liberty and for the things that made this nation great, they're going to have to come out of the shadows and again not hide down in the foxhole. Come up out of the foxhole and fight. That's exactly right. You know, if there's one thing I hope that this show inspires. As we, as Bard's Nation, continue to rise, I hope that all that are here help inspire the pastors, the pastors to get stronger. I don't care where they are. What I know is where we need them. And there's more and more standing up, and it's usually the small ones, the ones you don't hear about. And God bless them for what they're doing. But we need more pastors standing up. Because this country was founded on the pulpit. The revolution started from the pulpit. And it was that sort of understanding of a true martial sense in Christ. These were all believers in Christ. They were they were fire and brimstone. And it was, it was harsh worlds. And they people lived by the laws of God. Our country was founded on the laws of God. And that's where all that came from. Our Declaration of Independence was, the whole introduction was written by a pastor. We have to find that fire again in our churches. We have it. That's the beautiful thing. So I want to just close with a couple things here. One, we need great fathers and we need great mothers. And if, You're one like me that was blessed with a great father and a mother. We need to ensure that that legacy carries on in any way we can. If you weren't born with a great father and mother, you have a great father. He's there with you all the time and he'll guide you. And it should be our objective to be each of us great fathers and great mothers. We're in an amazing time right now. As a nation, there's a lot coming. And this is a time now that we are going to be called upon in big ways. There's a mass of people that are walking headlong into a storm and they can't even see it. It's literally like walking in on a train tracks, heading into a tunnel, and they see the light coming and they say, That's not the train. And you say, Get out of the way. And they say, That's a man with a lantern. We're trying and we have to continue to try but there's going to come a point that they're going to just get smacked. And that's when our role becomes greater than ever. That's when us as people, us as God's children, as disciples, as a remnant, and that spirit and resolve of being a father or a mother is going to make a difference. Those roles are different. They aren't the same. Mothers are great nurturers. Fathers are, are more that fierce warrior and and that guide, that moral leadership that we need. And we need both. And that doesn't take away from anybody who's a woman and a great leader, so don't, I'm not being limited by this. But God gave us great talents in those roles. And our nation's going to need it. We're going to go through some hard times. The system's unwinding. The matrix is falling. The illusions are, are falling apart. And in the short term... The, polit- the political game is going to keep people entertained and that works as long as things kind of look status quo i feel that personally that those out in front right now in the political game that aren't talking about the need to tuck away some food set aside some cash get yourself prepared i think you're doing i think they are all doing a massive disservice to this nation and to the people and i think they're doing an injustice for God's children, because Joseph took the time to fill silos and he understood the importance. So either they're blinded to what's coming, or they're willfully ignoring it as they pursue the game of power. We can't pursue. Pres- we can't pursue the games of power. We have to pursue God's children, and pursue the family, and the greater body of Christ. That's a a role that gets no notoriety. You're not going to be on Fox News. You're not going to get people calling you up on stage to give you awards. In fact, you'll probably find that people won't call you back much. You'll probably find that people won't talk to you as much the farther you go into this. And consider that a badge of honor. So as a final words, I just want to thank every single one of you This channel, in this last weekend, last night in fact, crossed 27 million downloads and 1,500 episodes. And every bit of that we've shared, all of us. It's God's hand. It's our walk. And it's the greatest walk I've ever made with people that I've come to know and appreciate and love dearly. So thank you. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight just very humbled. A nation that has truly been ravaged by politics and it's been ravaged by just the evil ways of influence and media and information and all those deceptive tricks to divide us. We started this evening, Lord, with just a simple reminder of Mr. Trump. Just the human part that we forget so often in each and every one of us in the myriad and mire of, of this mess that we're in. The political institutions, the legal institutions, the corporate institutions, the education institutions, Riddled with just the evil and debauchery that we could never imagined. Your gift to us has been profound because we have been able to literally witness the truth. And it's not been easy. And we're reminded in that simple piece that we played of Mr. Trump tonight. Of just how simple life seemed and truly how evil it was behind the shadows. Part of this prayer tonight, Lord, we want to pray for President Trump. I don't know where he is in his relationship with with Jesus. I know that he's said some things that put that in question. We just pray that he has that encounter, has the humility to reach to you to seek forgiveness, has the humility to accept Christ into his life in a powerful way not play games with religion, not play games with evangelists or whatever, but to create, have a moment in his life that we truly pray for, that will be unmistakable, an encounter and a confrontation with our Lord and Savior Jesus. To literally let him meet the profound greatness of Christ, to humble him before Christ, and to give him truly that life-changing moment that we've all experienced the acceptance of Jesus, and the transformation of who we are. And Lord, we take that same prayer for our nation. There are many that are wandering tonight. And in the context of President Trump, we need a president that will humble himself before you, that will humble himself before Jesus. We don't need it. The nation needs it. We need a leader that will bring this nation to its origins. And so we pray for that as we pray for the many that are still wandering, denying, angry, pretending that they don't need you. Our hearts ache for that. Our hearts ache for the churches and the, that have been deceived. Our hearts ache for the people that have been deceived by the churches. Lord, we just pray for healing tonight. Deep, deep healing. To bring this nation to its knees, to seek repentance before you and forgiveness. And to ask for mercy. So on behalf of the nation, on behalf of our president, President Donald J. Trump, we, we seek repentance, forgiveness, and mercy for this nation. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We will overcome this evil. And we will do it without any question because of two incredible things that we carry. One is the humility before Christ. And two is the ferocity of the warriors of Christ. Those two go hand in hand. It's the principle of being great warriors in this world. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. We need a lot of prayers for this nation, so let us keep praying and keeping that focus, especially for President Trump. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. And so because we are at war, we must walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. We must occupy the land, expand the kingdom, mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Thank you. Good night and out for now.
5: All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the night's been pushing through. Fight for all we had to lose. Down Over the hill Where the lost got found Reaching through somehow